Welcome everyone to the Shepherd Talk podcast with Pastor Ray Jones from Ridgecrest Baptist Church. This conversation is centered on reaching, building, and connecting you to the mission God has in store for your life. We hope these practical conversations help to encourage and equip you to follow Jesus in a greater way. Pastor, how you doing today? Doing great, Chase. How are you? I'm good. You have enlightened us this afternoon a little bit uh, about some uh, musicians. Uh, Broxton and I didn't know a whole lot about the Bee Gees. Is that correct? The Bee Gees. That's probably because you guys did not exist (laughs) when the Bee Gees were at their height. Right. And some movie, Disco Fever? Disco Fever, kind of, they did the soundtrack. I think it was, no, it wasn't Disco Fever. I think it was Saturday Night Live. Okay. A guy named John Travolta, you know, which wasn't a particular fan of a lot. We weren't a particular (laughs) fan of a lot of these guys, but... But the Bee Gees were like a super group in the 70s and probably even into the to the 80s a, a bit. They were super group. You guys just missed out. You missed just out. Missed out. No, it's a tragedy. <laughs> it really is that you guys. Oh, that was one of their songs. That was one of their songs. And that's how we got to talking about them is because today on the podcast, we want to talk about tragedy, not the Bee Gees song, um, even though you played it for us and we got to, got to experience it. Firsthand. Experience it firsthand. And what did you think about it? I'm probably not going to add it to my playlist. (laughs) Broxton, and you? Are you? We'll not be making the Spotify. (laughs) Gosh, I can't believe you guys. You you just don't know. 70s music is the best music ever. Well, I mean, sure. So (laughs) I just don't know. It's so funny. Just this total side note, but we have uh, Alexa and we play (laughs) these uh, songs, and I'll, I'll play something, and the kids look at me like, what are you playing? Like that, has, that sounds horrible, Dad. You, you so. know, but your your generation, you guys, your generation, and well, and the generation before you has really kind of revived some of these old yeah. songs. Yeah. And, um, you know, they brought back some. My daughter, who's about to turn thirty-one, uh, when she was in college, she would suddenly play a song for me, like a Van Morrison song, "Brown Eyed Girl" or something right. like that. She'd go, "Daddy, this is a great song. Have you heard this?" I'd say. Yeah, I grew up with that song, sweetheart. And then that kind of ruins it for her. <laughs> or she'll play one. I'll say, yeah, that song was popular when I was in high school. And, uh, you know, I notice that she stops playing it. But uh, but kind of a return, a retro thing. But tragedy is the subject today exactly. that we want to talk about. And, and we're talking about real life tragedy. That's exactly right. And so, Pastor, you know, uh, a verse that always has stood out to me, John sixteen thirty three, where Jesus says, in this world you'll have trouble, but take heart right. because I've, overcome um and uh, just in the midst of our world today we see uh tragedy uh here and there recent um situation with kobe bryant his daughter and the other uh, teammates and people family members that uh, passed away in that helicopter uh crash and uh i mean that's just something we see on the news whereas there's people every single day right here that experience that don't get put on the news and so um, let's just begin talking about uh, tragedy as far as the church, as far as the followers of Christ. What, Where do you begin? How do you handle those kind of things? So just start us off on the direction you'd like to. Well, you know, first I'd say this. The church is not uh, exempt from tragedy. Right. Uh, and uh, I'm afraid sometimes there's a misnomer out there that if you're a Christian, you, you've been lifted beyond the kinds of tragedies that those who don't know Christ, that's just not true. I I had lunch today with some a Christian couple, and they talked about some recent tragedies uh, in their life. And so we're not exempt from that, and we should never believe that somehow 
because just because we're Christians, we should be exempt from difficulties, struggles, trials, tribulation. Um, in fact, that's what Jesus was saying in that verse in uh, uh, John 16 is that, hey, I've overcome the world. You're going to have tribulation. In this world, it's fallen. It's broken. There's going to be tragedy. There's going to be tribulation. But he said, you can take heart because I've overcome the world. Eventually, we overcome. Right. But that overcoming uh, may be one day in eternity, maybe not next week. Uh, you know. Now, we have advantages as believers, I would say that, because we have the hope of eternal life and the day when all that has been wrong and all the tragedy suffered will be righted in eternity. And um, that gives us perspective that will help us sometimes deal with tragedies that are just beyond our, our, our comprehension sometimes how a person can walk through that. Another thing I would say that, that gives us some perspective on that, Billy Graham, who died you know, about a year ago, uh, had Parkinson's disease for many years. And uh, probably the last 20 years of his life, he still amazingly lived to 99, but uh, he was asked one time in, a, in an interview if he didn't think it was a bit unfair that this great man of God who'd done so much for the kingdom of God should suffer and that God would allow him to have this disease. And Grant's response was pretty cool. He said, I don't look at it like that at all. He said, I look at it instead as, why not me? I'm just one of seven billion people on this planet. Why not me? And in in dealing with it, I can show people how those who have Christ can respond to the difficulties and even the tragedies, I would add. And right. so uh, there is that, that sense of advantage. But uh, uh, what, what we have to do when tragedy comes is we, we have to understand where the real values and priorities of life are. And, right. and tragedies help. Uh, Unfortunately, tragedies help produce that in us. I guess that's the positive side right. of the very bad stuff that comes our way. Right. And so it is reality in this world. It's a fallen world. There's going to be tragedy. We, we cannot interrupt that. God sometimes intervenes, but just about every life uh, has had some kind of uh, tragedy or tribulation at some right. point in time. Right. So, Pastor, when I hear you quote that um, that statement from um, Billy Graham, it makes me really think towards an eternal perspective, that Billy Graham had that perspective, yeah. understood uh, kind of the world he lived in and, and where, uh, the, the like you said, priorities and all of that. And so what would you say are things that help people have an eternal perspective outside of a tragedy having to take place? I don't know if that makes you understand yeah, what I'm no, saying? Yeah. Uh, in other words, what gives us uh, uh, an eternal perspective without a tragedy? Hoping that when a tragedy hits, you're, yeah. you're kind of prepared a little uh, bit. And that is, let's look at it from two ways. First of all, a person that's outside of Christ uh, are going to have tragedies. When they have a tragedy, they either become bitter about the tragedy or they turn to some kind of help. Right. And that's where, you know, we say, hopefully they will turn to God at that point. Uh, and people say, well, so did they have the tragedy to turn them to God? I, I think they had the tragedy because they live in a broken world. Right. Uh, is the reason. But God can take all things and make it work out for good. So, so the person outside of Christ, the tragedy can be an instrument that at least causes them to move toward 
God. The other side of this equation is for those of us that already know Christ. And we're not exempt from tragedy. Uh, the difference is we have a resource. And if we have lived our lives in the pursuit of God, it doesn't make the tragedy uneventful or it doesn't make it uh, of no consequence. It's painful. It can hurt severely. But what we do have is we have a different kind of perspective. And that's what you're talking about. And that perspective hopefully isn't the result of the tragedy. It is a perspective that has been formed through our spiritual formation. In other words, as we have grown in our relationship with God, our perspective hopefully begins to change where we begin to, to move beyond just thinking about this life is, is the life, and we start thinking uh, there is another life. Uh, there is an eternal life. There's an eternal kingdom. And, and in order for me to manage this life, I really need to put my eyes on that next kingdom. That's good. See? So hopefully it starts with our own spiritual formation so that when the tragedy comes, we, we're, we're not comfortable with it but we're more equipped in what to do right. with it right. because we have a bigger picture that this life, that there's more than just this life. Right. That makes sense. Right. But that yeah. happens in my pursuit of God. I, I, I had a lady in a church in Florida and she's a sweetheart. She, she knew God, loved God. And one day she was diagnosed with uh, terminal brain cancer and she was young. She's a mom. She was young. She was in her thirties. And uh, she, uh, she had this terminal diagnosis. They gave her only a few months to live. By the way, she lived several years more. Wow. But uh, I won't ever forget, she said this when, uh, when she was asked, how do you face this? How? She was a runner. You know, she liked to run and jog, and she'd run in a couple of marathons and that sort of stuff. And she used that as an analogy. She said when she was asked, so how do you cope with this? I mean, this sudden news. She said, and it's a great line, she said, you know, I'm a runner. And she said, you don't wake up one day and just decide to run a marathon. Mm. You've been preparing for the marathon yeah. for a long time. Yeah. And her point was, you know what? I've been diagnosed. This is shocking. I don't like it. I will fight it. I will do. But I've been preparing. I, it's not like I just woke up one day and I'm surprised by bad news, right. but I've been pursuing God. So I have been in this pr pursuit of God for a long time. So it's not like I just woke up and decided to run a marathon exactly. that's ahead of me with this cancer. Right. And that's what we mean by the spiritual formation uh, in the times when there isn't tribulation or tragedy or trial. Our pursuit of God there helps us deal with those things that come maybe or may not down the road. Right. So, Pastor, when we think of tragedy, we talked a little bit about on a personal level, but a lot of times we might find ourselves dealing with other people that have faced tragedy. And so in that, sometimes it's hard to know how to respond, how to talk, how what to say, what are the right words. Yeah. Um, what would you encourage those that are listening to today? Because, again, at some point in time, we are going to face tragedy or know someone that does. So how can we uh, you know, be the church to people that have faced yeah. things? Well, and that's a good question because people don't know what to do. Right. Uh, they don't want to know what, what I say to a person. 
And one of the worst things that you can do is ignore the person. Right. Or to ignore the big elephant in the room, so right. to speak. Right. But you have to be very careful about that. I've also known people who were entirely offensive because they trivialized it. Hey, Chase, I know you, you know, blah, blah, blah. You went through something like that. And right. uh, man, you're, you're going to get through that. You're great. You'll, you'll be. And that kind of trivializes the pain of what the person has gone through. Uh, but it's also painful for that person if those who, people who love them the most are closest to them uh, just don't try to not acknowledge it because they're afraid uh, they don't want to talk. A lot of time, and, and the, the third thing I would add to that is don't try to provide answers. Yeah. Here's what's going on, or here's what I suspect. That's the way pe when people do try to something, they try to say, I got to make them feel better, so I got to right. give them answers to why this happened. Right. When in reality, sometimes the answer is simple. We live in a fallen world. Right. There's disease, there's sickness, there's uh, tragedies, there, uh, you know, there are accidents that just defy our, our ability to, to understand. And so sometimes the thing, the best thing a person can do is just say, I, I hear what you are going through. And I just want you to know, while I don't have answers, I do love you. Right. And if I can be any help to you, uh, you just need to talk. Just know I love you. Yeah. then don't continue to try to dig into it. Just right. kind of leave it there. That's one of the best responses we can do. Because people that are going through tragedy, often what they really need is they just need compassionate love. They just right. need to know somebody cares about them because right. they're feeling alone or separated or um, like, like nobody cares. Right. And so... The best thing a person to do is just say, I just want you to know something. I love you. I don't have answers, but I love you. And I, you can be uh, assured that I am praying for you in this difficult time. And if on any level I can help you, let me know. Yeah. Now, the other thing sometimes a person can say is that they've been through an identical kind of tragedy. They can say, I want you to know. I have walked this road. I've experienced this same kind of tragedy in my life. And I just want to let you know I love you and I'm available for you because I've walked this. But I can also tell you that there is hope down the road. Right. Okay. That kind of thing. But we're talking about responses. On on the contrary, you know, you don't want to go up and say, Hey, man. I understand what you're going through because if you really don't, right. they know that. Right. Exactly. And, and so that can be kind of seriously, you, you don't understand what I'm going through. You've never walked this road or that sort of right. thing. So we have to be careful right. with that. You know, you have to clarify between sympathy and empathy. Empathy mm -hmm. is I can feel it Yeah. with you. Right. I, because you're my friend, uh, I hurt with you because of this, because I've walked this road and I know how much pain is associated with it. Or you're my friend, I love you, and I, I have sympathy in this time of difficulty for you. I can't possibly understand what you're going through, but I know I love you. And because you're hurting, I hurt. Yeah. That kind of response is helpful uh, to a person. You'll know if they want to deal or talk further about it. Right. They will. Right. 
And if they don't, don't worry about it. But reassure them of your love. I, it's right. one of the best things you can do. Yeah. You know, Pastor, when I've seen situations and dealing with teenagers specifically, as long as I make myself available, they'll talk at the right time when they're ready to talk. Yeah. And uh, I'd rather them talk when they're ready than force them, you know, in yeah, a situation right. that they're not. And so let me ask one more question and wrap up, Pastor. Um, is it okay to ask the question, why, when tragedy comes? Um, question God may be in that or just try yeah. to figure all that out. Uh, yes, and, uh, yes and no. Okay, so that way I, I cover myself. Okay. Uh, no, here's what I mean by yes and no. Yes, it's all right. The heart naturally asks that question. Right. We can act like it doesn't. Right. And the heart will ask it like this, Lord, why me? Right. Or Lord, did I do something? Lord, is this punishment? Yeah. You know, all those kinds of questions. Lord, but why me? Or why did you do this? I thought you loved me. And and it, this seems personal. Now, a person that has those questions in reality, God can handle them. Right. So if you say, God, I don't understand this. Why? God in heaven doesn't start wringing his hands and say, oh, no, I was hoping you wouldn't <laughs> ask that question. God already knows that question is in your heart. Right. And so I think the the, the deal is, it is all right to ask God questions. Right. What's not all right is to raise your fist at God hmm. and say, God, here I've tried to, and start start reminding God of all you've done. Right. I've done this, God, and I've loved you, and I've obeyed this, and I've right. done that, and on and on it goes. Right. And then and you would come and do that. That's a different attitude. Yeah. That is not a broken heart. It, well, it may be the result of a broken kind of heart, but it produces a bitter kind of heart. And that is, God, I don't deserve this. God, I deserve better than this. And it shakes its fist at God. That's a dangerous kind of response. That makes sense, yeah. Uh, I didn't just say a person shouldn't hurt. A per you're going to hurt a right. tragedy. Right. But, but the difference is, God, I don't understand this. Now, be prepared for something. God may not always answer the question. Right. He may not say, well, I'm going to explain this. And sometimes it may be years down the road before he explains it. Right. And uh, and sometimes you may be in heaven before you understand it. Right. I walked a family through the loss of a teenage son hmm. uh, for several years. And I met with them consistently for several years. And we walked through the sudden loss of a teenage son. Right. And uh, by the way, they handled it beautifully. They handled it better than anybody I've ever dealt with that's had that kind of tragedy in their life. And the problem is, to this day, we still don't know why he died. Right. We, we still don't know why he died. They did the autopsy. They did all these things. And it was inconclusive. They just hadn't, they couldn't explain it. He, he, he just literally died. And um, it was tough for the parents because they felt like if they could know, it would bring closure, right. you know? Right. This tragedy, uh, it was a good kid. I mean, just, it just, uh, uh, he hit all the marks, you right. know, for the kind of kid you'd love and want and all that sort of thing. But they couldn't, they couldn't find. And we had to talk about how the fact that God may never, may never explain why this happened until you get to heaven. The question becomes, how do you learn to trust God 
when you don't have the answers, yeah. is God still trustworthy? And that can be a struggle, but to get there, and that's a growth process. So it's, there's not a quick fix. You know, we have to be careful about saying, oh, you know, just trust God. Right. God knew what he's doing. <laughs> Everybody has a time frame. Right. That's true. All of that is true. Right. But you have to be careful that you don't just throw that stuff out as spiritual platitudes. Right. Like, just get over it because God's got a time frame. God's got a plan. And God's in control. Most people that are believers already know that. Right. In the moment of hurt, that's not what they're asking. They're saying, I don't understand how God could allow this to happen in my life. And we have to be careful that we don't say, oh, well, let me just tell you how. Why? Because we don't know either sometimes. Right. Right. But we can pray with them, love on them, and help them uh, pursue perspective. Right. And, you know, in most cases, people move back to that trust in God. It does, as this couple I'm using as an example, I told them this, you're probably always going to have a little hole in your heart. Right. You know? Right. Um, the hole isn't a bad thing as long as you allow God, when that hole starts hurting, allow God to, to fill it. Now, I said that after a couple of years. I didn't say that initially. Right. But the hole isn't a bad thing. The hole is just an opportunity for God to feel this hurt. Right. And and they did, and they have, and they continue to walk that. Uh, and so when we face tragedy, uh, those are some some tips that can help. How do we, how do we, you know, put our minds on it? Yeah. How do we respond? To, how do we help those people right. that are going through tragedy? Right. Yeah, that's so practical, Pastor, as we all will face and have faced, and those that are listening, I know, um, can find themselves in different situations as well. And so wrap up today, Pastor, by sharing with us the free resource um, that you want to make available. Yeah, we're going to continue to offer a spiritual warfare resource. Uh, we are in spiritual warfare. That's the reason there's death and suffering right. and disease in, in our world is because there's spiritual warfare that has been going on since the garden. And uh, last week we offered uh, Spiritual Warfare, Are You Ready for the Battle, Parts 1 and 2. This week we want to offer Parts 3 and 4 uh, to our listeners. And all you have to do is email us at shepherdtalk at uh, rbcdothan.org and request this week's free um, resource on Spiritual Warfare, Are You Ready? It's uh, our, our resource cards or what they are. And by the way, if you didn't get last week, you want it to just say, I want parts one and two and parts three and four. And uh, we'll be happy uh, to get those to you. I think you'll find them very, very helpful uh, as we uh, as we navigate the spiritual war. That's exactly right, Pastor. Thank you uh, for these words today. And we are so thankful uh, for you that are listening and look forward to the days ahead as we continue to have conversations on the Shepherd Talk podcast. Thank you so much for joining us for today's Shepherd Talk podcast. We hope God will continue to use you to reach the lost, build up other believers, and connect your life to the mission and purpose God has for you. We look forward to more talks in the days ahead with Pastor Ray.